is Tuesday. RawMikeRichards.com back on the air after a two-week layoff broadcasting from the DKI studios in downtown Toronto. 234 King Street East out of the Pacific Junction Hotel. Coming up today, we've got a very special guest. Uh, he's been on the show, the show beforehand, Jonathan Gallant, Johnny Gallant from Billy Talent. Uh, they are putting on a show, a charity show, in support of the shootings that took place on the Danforth, uh, which still, when you look at it, uh, I think sometimes we think as Canadians that we are, what, Dave, uh, adverse to that? or But it 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 is, uh, I think, a point in time, at least I think in, in history a little bit, where I look at the news every night, Dave, and there is the shootings, the violence. I mean, even Chicago the other day. Over the weekend, what was it, 65 or 66 shootings in, in, in a weekend? In a weekend. That's brutal. And Chicago is such an awesome city, too. Right? I don't get that. Like, I don't get what's happening here in Toronto. And Toronto is, 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 it can't sit there and, and stick its nose up in the air going, well, of course, you know, that is, that, that's what happens in the United States. Well, then you, you haven't been watching the news because on a nightly basis... I don't know. It's just it is a very strange time, I think, in history, Dave, and and there are some parallels to uh, some other very, uh, let's just say, very sensitive issues around the world that that make make me nervous. I think at this time, really tough. So we will uh, talk to uh, Johnny Glant, who's just one of the awesome guys. In fact. Some might remember when he came on uh, when Gore Downey had passed, and he came on and gave probably the most one of the more emotional interviews we've ever ever had on this show. Correct, and and he is as all round Canadian, don't you think? Uh, when you start to look at what is Canadian, I would say that that Johnny Galani plays hockey. <laughs> you know, he's just he's just an all round really good guy. We appreciate that he's going to do this for us uh, today, and uh, once again, we'll talk about how it came to be, but generally it's just something the band wanted to do because they wanted to give back on what was probably one of the worst things I've ever seen in the city. I mean, we had the thing with the issue before with the guy in the van driving. Which was horrendously bad, too. Yeah. Yeah. But did did you think that we would ever have a story that would even get close to that? I did not. No. Both of them are hard to comprehend that you sit there and you say, some guy in a van drove and and, and hit countless people, uh, you know, out of, out of nowhere for, for whatever reasons he has. I'm not going to get into that now. And then a guy to be walking down the Danforth and doing this, no. that's that's unreal. And for anybody listening today across Canada, across the North America, Danforth is a very uh, busy area of Toronto, one of many uh, that, that has nothing but great food, great bars, uh, friendly environment, atmosphere is awesome. If you're ever in Toronto, the Danforth's, probably one of the places that you actually yeah. go to people might call it greek town but it's the same thing same thing yeah. It, it means the same thing and so therefore i mean just because of the tradition those those restaurants usually people eating much later yeah like it's late that's why people thought well at that time tons of tons of patios too. tons yeah. of patios and dimitri's an ice cream place yeah this degenerate regardless of mental issues or not this beast this monster because at that point uh, trust me that's what he is 
and a little a little girl dies in an ice cream shop. Like it's just it's heartbreaking. Yeah, so it is. Uh, we appreciate that Johnny's going to come on and talk about that today. We will uh, take a look at uh, a little bit of hockey. We're so uh, we'll take a look at uh, some football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, Johnny football, as you know, gets the trade to Montreal, and they put him in within what ten days, maybe maybe not even, but within two weeks. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many practices he would have had. Six? <laughs> uh, maybe it's less than that. Probably less, yeah. Probably less than that. And so for him who hasn't started in two or three years, I don't know necessarily. Um, well, look, we'll play these clips. Once again, the property Bell Media, and this is actually from ESPN. And looking at that body of work, we'll, we'll, we'll comment afterwards. We'll have our take on this. But this is what happened with Hamilton at Montreal, Johnny Football's first start start in a regular season CFL game. Johnny Manziel is back. The debut of Johnny Football Canada. He understands the situation and he knows the hype machine is all around him. And here's Johnny. Pressure on right away. And he's picked off right away. His first pass is intercepted. That's not the start Johnny wanted, to say the least. First and 10 from near his 50. Here's the blitz. Manziel escapes and escapes again. Johnny tossing it out. And it's picked off. Johnny Manziel's debut not going anywhere near the plan. And Manziel goes deep. And it's picked. And Johnny Manziel makes the tackle. And that might have a little anger in it. Manziel retreats and it's picked again. His fourth interception. Looks like Manziel's not going to finish this game. Bad days happen in football. That was the most picks I've ever thrown in a game, and and it's humbling. Uh, So that is, uh, once again, uh, his debut. And here was my take on this. Um, You know, there were a million things going against him. For that to be successful that night literally would have been a miracle, and almost to a degree would have made me feel nervous about the Canadian Football League if a guy has been out for two, three years, Dave, been with the – and doesn't make no argument about this – the worst team in the league. By far. There's nothing that they do well, Dave. No. Nothing. No, there isn't. I mean, even if I look at special teams, I mean – Their their coach has a hard time taking off a headset. That's how crappy the Alouettes are, Mike. No protection, no weapons, and we can't stop anybody. Let's you get at that win, Johnny. I I looked at it as – you know, and, and the way that I think that he says he looks at it. He realizes this is this weird, massive test in another league and another country that he's going through. I mean, he went to Cleveland. This this is worse. This is definitely worse. So why did he go in? Gate. This is a gate-driven league. They're not getting rich by the, by that TSN contract, trust me. So they you need something to happen at the turnstile. So they thought, okay, well, we're going with him whether he's ready or not. And we knew, and look, Milt Stiegel talked about it. You heard Henry Burris talk about it. You heard Matt uh, Dunnigan talk about it. He just simply hasn't had the reps. He's not familiar with even, I don't even know if the language, but but my takeaway from it was, and I'm still, still saying the same thing I said two years ago, if he had protection hmm. and he had some weapons and a defense that can stop some people, why did the Argos not take him? I'm not talking about Bethel, Thompson, whatever that is, and... Ricky Ray, trust me, great guy, been on the show many times, Hall of Famer. You know, then then you had uh, Franklin, might have been Jermaine Franklin, I'm not sure, could have been Jermaine Franklin. Could have been. And I'm thinking, you Toronto needs someone that the even CFL hating kind of guy, and trust me, there's a lot of that in this city, that they go, okay, well, I might go to see this. If Manziel had any protection and some weapons, he does 
at least to my mind, I'm just this is like an eye test, what the coach called an eye test. There is something there. He's not he's not terrible. He is not uh, Dave, where I look at that level of talent and go, well, I don't see anything here. I do, but the chances of that being successful for a team that's that goddamn bad, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out because they are just shit. Yeah, complete, complete. It's this. This might be one of the worst CFL teams ever, especially in the last couple decades. I, I you know, you kind of look back and you you try to find an O for team. It's like this is pretty close to it. And you're right, uh, lack of practice. With a with a new offense, with a new league that he's just kind of you know getting used to, I I don't think it's fair to him. I don't I, I think it was uh, uh, he shouldn't have been at the earliest. This should have been the week he starts. But even even this week for him to start, I I'm reluctant to say he's going to have any more success than he did yeah. last week. And I don't think it's his fault. In fact, you saw uh, former players, guys like Nick Lewis, tweeting in saying, "Respect, man, but you shouldn't be playing." Like mm-hmm. you, you shouldn't have been in that game. You shouldn't have been starting. And I, if, but that, Dave, that also tells you the desperation of a Montreal Alouette organization that's got to do something. Yep. Because they cannot sit there and do nothing or bring in, I don't know who you bring in, but I just don't know if the experiment works and not, I don't think, on Johnny Mangel's shoulders, as far as I'm concerned. So. How many weeks do we see that 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 uh, guy running around for us, trying to save his life? <laughs> Looks like the Keystone Scott. I mean, it's it's. That's exactly it. Um, they're they're in uh, Ottawa, by the way, on Saturday, and uh, the Red Blacks are already fourteen point favorites on that game. Fourteen. <laughs> yeah, nice nice finish by the way that game in Toronto. You uh, yeah, let's hard. see. Here's the thing. Now they're going to want to work it out, and they'll, they'll pilot on Montreal, and they'll probably cover that number. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of those that uh, covered numbers, it was not a cover in Calgary, uh, but it doesn't really seem to matter, Dave. They just do what they need to do. Like they don't go in necessarily and win, uh, like they did against Hamilton. What was it, sixty to three or whatever it was last year? Sure. But they do the things right that allow you to win football games. Sometimes when they're not even great, they still win football games. And for Bolet Levi Mitchell. He and the Stampeders just continue to look like really the team to beat. 10 from the BC 53. Four-man rush, pressure, but Mitchell steps up and throws deep, and it's on the money. And Kamara Jordan's got the touchdown. Didn't miss the second time, did he? Second time was a charm. 53-yard touchdown strike. See, so to me, Dave, I, I take a look at how the other teams are playing and, you know, uh, certain teams are getting healthier. Certain teams are, are starting to, you know, as you approach this many games in a season. But when I take a look at the Calgary Stampeders, I just don't think, I mean, at least to my way of thinking, that it's conceivable that they could find another way to hand over a Grey Cup to a team that they're generally better than, they're usually heavy favored, they've found various different ways to lose the Grey Cup. I just don't think this is a year where they do that again. I don't think it is either. I, I don't, th- I I don't, I don't know if it's a perfect season for the Calgary Stampeders because there's blips along the way. There's people that rest and, you know, you already got, you know, there's going to come to a point in October where they'll have first place clinch, so you start, you know, sitting guys down. So maybe it's one or two, uh, you know, uh, outs for the Stampeders, so to speak. But if you look at that Lions game, they got garbage points late in the fourth quarter. So the score was a lot nicer to the Lions than what it really was. It wasn't that close of a game. Well, what's going on here? I don't know. 
this who I think it is? Is he coming to? I don't think he's speaking to me. I don't think so. Is that Donald Trump? Is that the president of the United States, Donald Trump, on Ron Mike Richards? Uh, president, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I can say about being a huge fan or anything because I I'm definitely not. You know, you know Dave, I'm gonna stop you right there because I'm a huge <laughs> fan of yours. I've said that for years, Dave Bastel. You know, Slovenian. I'm I'm huge with Slovenians. Apparently, as you know, my wife Melanie, Slovenian. Is that her name? And that's exactly what I do. But I, can I can I start with something? And this is a joke, an absolute joke. How come when I get in my car, which by the way, obviously, a limousine. I can't turn on the radio and hear Mike and Dave. I mean, that's an absolute joke. I mean, I don't buy the internet. It's great. I use it all the time. I'm very popular on the internet. I'm huge. Mm-hmm. And yet, I can't hear these guys on the radio. Absolute joke. Let's make radio great again. And let's put Mike and Dave on the radio. That's a good saying. Exactly. Has that worked for you before? Let me tell you what's working. Let me just, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Dave. You're from Winnipeg. Yep. The local baber. The local paper in Winnipeg just said, and this is a bold scientific, that the, I was voted the greatest guy who's ever left. You told. The greatest guy. The I, greatest guy who ever lived. I didn't know that. And that's in Winnipeg in the local paper. Hmm. So let's get that. And and while we're talking turkey, which is what we do here on this show, Richards, by the way, huge talent. The Calgary Stampeders are the best team. They're the greatest team, just like I'm the greatest president. Then they are going to win that uh, the Super Cup this year in Canada. Greatest yep. football team of all time. And here's something else. The Stampeders should have gone in the World Cup. Mm. Because there's no question they would have beat uh, yeah, the team that, won. that other team. Yeah, They would have been the greatest team. Yeah, and then, and France. That was a, France. And that was a joke, too. Yeah. That's a joke, too. But as you know, Dave, I love the show. I love you. I love Greece. And I love I love marriage as well. I really do. I do. Yeah. A lot of people don't know this. I was the first person who ever got married in the United States. I, I did not know that. Yeah. And uh, Donald Trump joining us on Raw Mike Richards for a very first time. You, you know what, Mike? I was going to ask him, but I know he had to leave because he he has somebody else to phone into, or maybe a Fox interview or something. I was going to ask him <laughs> if there was ever a consideration that Donald Trump was interested in buying the Calgary Stampeders. Because I, I don't know how Calgary would react if Donald Trump well, he's gotta, was the owner of the Stampeders. He's got to be nice to them about the uh, the pipelines and the oil and gas <laughs> and the energy sector before that. But he owned, was it the Generals? Yes, uh, New Jersey, New York Generals. They had one of those, yeah. Yeah, that was the Herschel Walker team. That's right. Did Was Flutie on that team too? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Because that was just such a weird, yeah. a weird. The USFL, for all you kids out there wondering what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> because there's been many different leagues that have gone up and down. Uh, you are watching rawmikerichards.com either on the uh, dedicated YouTube channel or, of course, on the uh, website itself, rawmikerichards.com. We appreciate that. Uh, we're going to talk to in just seconds here, uh, Johnny Gallant. Uh, about the uh, Danforth shooting, which, uh, again, I think sometimes in North America, especially Canada, we just don't and can't conceive that we be at a place that looks like everybody else. I got news for you. Dave, we are everybody else. Yes. We're we're not, I mean, as much as I, I, I'm proud to be Canadian, it doesn't make you better, or it certainly doesn't make you immune to the fact that whether it's someone with mental illness, whether it is actually an act of terrorism, 
uh, or just something incredibly sad that is very violent. And, of course, that did happen on the Danforth. If And, again, it was a while ago. The reason Johnny Gallant from Billy Talent is coming on is because he's going to talk about how they're going to perform at the uh, Danforth Music Hall, which is uh, here in Toronto, a historic building where some mm-hmm. of the greatest players have ever... It's a fantastic venue. But they're doing it in support of what, to my mind, has been, if not the worst, but certainly one of the worst that we've seen, I think, in the history of Toronto in terms of modern-day uh, violence. A gunman killed an 18-year-old woman and a 10-year-old girl and injured 13 others in Toronto's Greektown neighborhood on Sunday, July 22nd. While police are still trying to figure out exactly what happened and why, eyewitness accounts have described a rampage that spanned several blocks. This is everything we know so far about the 350 meters of carnage. It all started near the Alexander the Great Parquet Fountain on the northeast side of Danforth and Logan Avenues. Witness Andrew Matsios said the alleged gunman, Faisal Hussein, fired several shots at a group of people waiting to cross the street. He was dressed in black and wearing a dark baseball cap. It seems like he wanted to kill as many people as he could, Matsio said. He looked like a dog baring his teeth. Matsio said he saw a woman fall as she was running, and the shooter shot the woman two or three times as she lay on the ground. He believes she died. Matsio said the gunman walked westbound, zigzagging from one side of the street to the other. After firing several shots on the south side, he appeared to reload his gun and crossed to Dimitri's on the north side, Matsio said. The gunman fired into the popular dessert spot. It was near Dimitri's that an Instagram user filmed a short video showing him turning to his right, raising a handgun, and firing at least three shots into the cafe. A few doors down, Nick Falcos was cleaning his restaurant when he saw a man walking west with a gun in his hand. Timestamps on security footage from Burger Stomper show the gunman walking by at 25 seconds after 10. He ran across the street, and he did it like a first-person shooting game, like a Call of Duty kind of thing, where he just pulled it out, Falcos said. He was just yelling and just bam, bam, he unleashed the whole clip. Balcos thinks the man hit two or three people on the patio outside Second Cup. Then he ran towards a tattoo shop and fired again. The gunman continued west to Seven Numbers Restaurant at the corner of Danforth and Bowden Street. A witness told CBC that she heard gunshots before the gunman entered the building and shot a woman in the chest. She praised police officers for administering first aid and saving the life of the victim. Police officers encountered the gunman on Bowden Street. Ontario's police watchdog said Hussein exchanged gunfire with two police officers. He was found dead on Danforth Avenue shortly after. The Special Investigations Unit has not determined if it was a police shooting or self-inflicted gunshot. That's again the actual incident itself of what Hello? happened. And I'm looking for the one and only Johnny Gallant from Billy Talent. How you doing, John? Oh, good. You guys are uh, right on the fly here. Well, <laughs> you know, good. we we are very and very good. We we <laughs> yeah. oh, I got to tell you. Uh, hey, thanks so much for joining us uh, today, uh, boy. Really looking forward to the show itself uh, at the Danforth Music Hall. But uh, again, as we just sort of uh, played just before you came on, the actual uh, account of of what happened on that street and and look, you you played in this town for for a long time. I'm pretty sure in your lifetime you never thought on Danforth Avenue you would ever see the footage that you've seen in the last three weeks. No, no, I never really thought that that could ever happen in in Toronto, let alone Canada, uh, you know, and I guess there has been uh, terrible events like this in the past and stuff, but yeah, you, you I guess, kind of take it for granted. We live in such a safe city, and, and we still do, even despite all of this, still one of the best and safest places to live in the entire world. Well, the Danforth 
music hall itself, I Dave and I had just talked about it for those that are you know watching around North America or, or beyond the show here this morning. Uh, the Danforth Music Hall is really a piece of history, isn't it, when you think about it? It is, and uh, I guess it's only been uh, the last, like, five or six or seven years or something where they've gotten it going again, and it's awesome. It's a great place to watch concerts. Now, uh, for the band itself, how did this come together where you think, okay, we, we want to do something for charity? Uh, was it just unanimous amongst the group? Did you really have to say anything? Or did, did, did someone come, come forth and say, you know, we really got to do something here? Uh, well, that's exactly what happened. We, you know, the, the Danforth, Danforth, where the incident happened, is is not too far from our own recording studio, and it, it just really hit home. And like all of us reading the news and, and being really upset about it, and Ben just sent us an email suggesting that we we do something. We try to rally musicians in Toronto and and, and put a show together to raise awareness and raise uh, raise money, obviously, and. Like our intentions, or his original intention and his uh, uh, intention and thought was to try and really get some of the massive artists that are from Toronto, like Drake and Bieber, and and uh, try to put on a, a really incredible big show. Um, you know, we had a limited timeline, and people are busy, and we ended up being able to put the, the, a lineup together that we did at the Danforth. So, uh, you know, it's really just about trying to do something nice for the community. Yeah, and it's uh, very well done, too, Jonathan. We look forward to it on this Saturday. When you're reaching out to these bands, and you guys put this together relatively fast, considering the timelines, and you know all about timelines because you guys just finished a world tour, uh, how how receptive were some of these bands that uh, you guys talked to? I, I'm I'm guessing, you know, just thinking of knowing the answer here, they, 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 they were very fast on board, but how, how did that process all work out? Well, anybody that could do it, Definitely wanted to do it. Yeah. So, um, and it was right there. From there, it was all logistics. And some people even uh, were commi committal without even realizing that they were busy and had to back out. So people were absolutely thrilled about the idea and really wanted to contribute. Well, John, as I said, um, you know, we never really think it's going to happen in our own, our own communities, but as uh, we all know, you're not immune from from really any of this stuff. And even whether it's, you know, the issues of, uh, you know, mental illness or, or whether it is actually terrorism or just a really uh, angry sort of uh, person who has bottomed out, we're all susceptible. But, I mean, I think that also makes you realize that uh, the one thing that's very, very important is coming together as a community. And the one thing about community and people, it you know, obviously it's Danforth that we're talking about, which is why you see Danforth strong, but really it's the community of music, and I know that the following that Billy Talent has, I mean, you know, they'll be there in full force because that is your community. Absolutely, and uh, you know, it's the community we grew up into when we, when we were listening to bands and being influenced by bands. This this is a kind of a normal thing, uh, you know. The BC Boys used to do all their stuff with Free Tibet, and um, and Rage Against the Machine always spoke out and, and contributed to. Uh, their communities and it was something that we, we have always been aware of and I've always been involved in right from the beginning and I think uh, most artists they get, when they get to a point where they're successful they do want to give back because you can't get get to any kind of a successful point in life without help so uh, and community is always that is always the number one way to to get help
Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Uh, you guys really stepped up. This is massive. We look forward to it on Saturday. How's your summer been so far, by the way, in between in that? Because I know uh, you have some little ones as well. So uh, summers are always, for me personally, I, I kind of look forward to September because they're back at school. Uh, but I, I don't know what's going on in your world, Johnny. What about uh, what about uh, your summer? I'm right, I'm at the cottage right now, and I had to give my uh, my daughter and son a uh, a quick sit down that I was about to get on a conference call, and uh, they have to keep quiet because if one of them gets hurt, I can't come running. <laughs> and, and John, before I let you go, I got to tell you one thing. This is uh, this is kind of the cool thing about my job. I think at times, and, and Dave would probably concur that there are things that uh, you look on over the years when you've interviewed people, and people wonder, well, do you remember the interview? Was it you know? Did you get you know? Is there something that stands out? There is something that I do on a regular basis at, at my house, and it's because of a story that you told about Gord Downey, and it has to do with putting the leaves in that leaf bag. In, and when you told me that Gord said, no, 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 you got to bend the outsides of the paper so it stands up on itself, you put the leaves in. I think about your story and Gord and that day. Isn't it funny? Talk about Canadiana. I think about that every time I put those stinking leaves way too many times. I put them in that bag. Uh, It it could be worse. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, Johnny, you enjoy the rest of your summer. Once again, uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And I think what you're doing uh, on on the Danforth and for the Danforth is really, really important. But I'm not surprised because you are kind of those guys and you're certainly that guy. So thanks so much for joining us here this morning. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, thank you, and uh, yeah, always great to talk to you guys. Johnny Gallant, uh, the one and only, uh, joining us uh, here today on Raw Mike Richards talking about uh, what they're doing on the Danforth. Uh, and Roast Beef was putting uh, the, the, the dates and who's who's up there and so on, but it will be uh, the right thing to do at the right time. But as I said, for those guys, that doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me at all. We were texting back and forth as soon as it was announced. Uh, he got back to me within minutes, and uh, I, I said to him, you know what, uh, whether you're able to talk to us or not, thank you for doing this. Thank you for oh. stepping up. Thank you for being leaders in the community, and thank you for being the band that you are and, and, and why Toronto loves and why North America and why the world loves Billy Talent. It's just you know, giving back to your own town in, in a situation like this uh it's uh it's gonna be awesome i uh i wish it was uh uh one of those things where everybody could have played but he's exactly it you you phone up everybody and and it, when you're when you're given two weeks notice it's hard to sit there and say well i'm i'm actually on the other side of the world at that time i i can't possibly do it on that day but uh but nonetheless it's gonna be awesome it's this saturday also the taste of the danforth actually starts this friday uh, I'll be there on the weekend, and uh, I was, you know what I was going to ask you about that. Mm, yeah, uh, definitely. about going down. My and wife what... and I talked about it, and uh, because because of the kids, we we because it's packed too. It's very it, busy. It's it's packed. Yeah, absolutely, it's packed. And and we go there during the day, and they have a blast, and we're going to continue doing it. See, I went there last year, but you were out of town. That's right. Uh, That's right. La- last year when that happened, and we were thinking about that because it is. And look, they'll show up in record numbers. I mean, the the people that that, that want to support that community which is literally everyone in the GTA, that's going to be very busy. And I would suggest very emotional. So uh, if, if you are headed that way, just know that, you know, the surroundings, if, I mean, maybe they come from out of town and maybe f- for some reason not familiar with what just happened, uh, get ready for something that's going to be very big and very emotional. You're watching rawmikerichards.com uh, on the website or the dedicated YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. I see that people keep doing it. We're very happy with that. Um, here's something else I'm really happy about. 
Our good friend Stephen Seagal mm. didn't see this coming. Nope. The Russian Foreign Ministry announced Saturday that it made Michigan-born actor Steven Seagal, 66, its special representative for improving Russian-U.S. relations. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. That's who I would have picked. And, and get a look. Okay. This is Putin singing the Russian anthem. This is Putin. See, but he actually, he knows the words. <laughs> Unlike another <laughs> guest we had on the show about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so there's Steven Seagal. How do you think? Now, I know there's a, a weird martial arts thing that Putin has, but did I think that it would lead to Steven Seagal actually being, uh, well, as they say, created to deepen humanitarian ties as well as cultural art and youth ties between the two countries? Interesting. Did did you think that? Do you I think that's what he'll do? Because mind you, most of his movies lately have been filmed in parts of oh, no, yeah. deserted Russia that really have nothing going for them. So that's kind of where he has to make them. Now. Yeah, that's. But when I think of culture, when I think of art, and I think of humanitarians, there's no question. I think of this. Oh. The only balls he has is that badge and gun. I'm is that right? Huh? Here's my gun. That's culture. Fair game now, okay? <laughs> and here's my badge. Bidge. This is your trophy. This is your trophy, okay? Come and get it. Now come on, his ass. Huh? Tell okay. one of your fucking jadrules to come and get yeah. it, all right? Here we go. Here's why we love Steven Seagal movies. Right come on. Five thousand right now. Oh. Uh oh. Anybody know why Richie did Bobby Lupo? Pool ball in towel being wrapped up. Hey, fuckface, you want to get by me? Hey. There's only two things stopping you fear and common sense. And I'm going to cut your fucking head off. Oh. Motherfucker, you knocked my teeth out. They sticks. Come on, come on, come yeah. on, come on sticks. Oh, here comes Aikido, Dave. Aikido. Come on, come on, get This is Russell every weekend. People don't know that. Focus <laughs> fucking eye out. Focus fucking eye out. Come on, you got it. Look at that. That's awesome. This is so good. Anybody else? Okay. Shoved into a phone box. I'm with Dom Vittorio, so that means you can't touch me. Oh, yeah? That's right. I forgot. Well, that's a punch, Russell. Vinny! How you doing, buddy? Okay. There. See, this is why. This is why you would hire someone to be an attache or the, once again, the minister, a position created to deepen humanitarian ties as well as cultural 
and art, Dave. That's outstanding. And we Good do, scene, too. And we just saw all that. I love those things. Yeah. You kidding me? You can't get enough of that. You don't get <laughs> enough of that as it is today. I've seen every movie almost, even the ones that come out every month out of uh, Eastern Europe. <laughs> I've seen him. He's, he can be Greek. He's been Russian a couple times now. Bulgarian. Bulgarian? Oh, that's one of his favorites. I mean, who, who doesn't eat up a Bulgarian martial arts film? Thank you. The one where he played, a, a, I think, a Russian guy, but he went up to Mars to fight vampires. You, you, you know what? Sir Lawrence Olivier, nice try. Mm. But clearly, on this issue, you've been beaten. I don't need to see that. Do you think uh, Steven Seagal would make the top 20 NHL centers? If he, if he put his mind to it at a young age to play hockey. Would he be a center? <laughs> or do you think he's a bruising winger? Yeah, I think. Or do you think he's a defenseman? N- I don't think he's a goalie. I don't think he's, he's definitely a not a goalie. No, he's not a goalie. No. <laughs> Although, remember the, the stick. You want to take a shot on me? Well, that, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh, baby, in the crease, and oh, Seagal's just bro- he broken Crosby's <laughs> arm, and he doesn't like it. Uh, he's one. Of, he's like when Lucic was good yes that's who he is so what line am i putting him on is he a second or third line yeah he's a second a second at worst sometimes first on a power play and then you just got to pick what side left or right <laughs> then, then he's then he's your guy i think i, I think there's some, some some coaches right now going you know what that's a very good point guys i really now dave you have a, a list of an analysis of, of centers in the National Hockey League. Yeah, the top 20 centers announced by the NHL Network released on the weekend, and it's time to poke holes in it. Here we go. For everybody just listening and not actually watching, here's how he has the top 10. I shouldn't say he. The network has the top 10. McDavid, Crosby, Malkin, Matthews, McKinnon, Kopitar, Shifley, Bergeron, Sagan, and Tavares. So if I'm reworking that, and it's funny, you haven't heard the name Steven Stamkos in the top 10. I find it odd that he's not part of that top 10. Here's how I would change things up. McDavid is, yes, number one. Sidney Crosby, yes, is number two. And after that, it starts to get a little bit murky because I I think I would go Melkin in this situation, but Nathan McKinnon is my number three in this situation. So I go Crosby, McKinnon, and then after that, it's, it's it's a washout. Melkin will be number four for me. I don't know why Austin Matthews is in the number four position personally because if if I'm building a team right now, and we're not talking future, we're not talking, oh, he still has 15 years left. We're talking right now. I think Patrice Bergeron is more valuable than Austin Matthews, and I would even go as far as saying Mark Shifley is probably in that conversation better than Austin Matthews at this point. So I would kind of rework things to go after Melkin at number four. I would go John Tavares at number five, Patrice Bergeron at number six, Shifley stays at seven, Austin Matthews at eight, Tyler Sagan because of injuries is nine, Andre Kopitar at number 10. But I would go switch with Steven Stamkos to go number 10 because Stamkos is a top 10 center. It's funny to even sit there and look at a list and say Steven Stamkos isn't part of a top 10. There's going to be Washington Capitol fans out there in the number 12 spot saying Evgeny Kuznetsov is a top 12. This guy could be a top 5 scorer next year. He's going to enter the top 10 sooner or later, maybe even better than that. And when you're looking at the rest of the uh, centers and from 11 to 20, there's discussion to say, okay, where's Sean Monahan in this conversation with the Calgary Flames? He's had some injury problems. He's not quite there yet, but will he be there sooner than later? Absolutely, because he is a first-line center. 
That is uh, the top ten, according to uh, David Bastel. What do you think? We will put that out on Twitter later today. You can agree or disagree. Uh, what I think is, is interesting is sometimes when it's going right for a person, it just seems to all fall into place. And so we saw, uh, what, over the weekend, John Tavares getting married. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is putting this thing together. Russell, uh, and of course, roast beef, who we have not talked to in uh, quite some time. Were you... Uh, we go to the Russ cam. Were you, uh, were you invited to the wedding? or? Uh, I was not. Oh, oh what? Man, that's outrageous. Outrageous, yeah. That's BS. Yeah, yeah that is. Uh, what what gift do you think? If you if you went there, what gift would you give him? What wedding gift? Probably, uh, oh, that's tough. Probably just a picture of me smiling. Oh, wouldn't what? that be? Oh, He'd hang that over his bed. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'd hope. Yeah, I know that's what you'd hope. <laughs> Can you imagine that? And then, and then, and then, even better. They go home to his mansion, wedding night, and he puts it up in the bedroom. And his wife goes, "What are you doing? What is that? Get that hideous thing off the wall." Uh huh. Uh, how good is this team going to be? Because people are people are going bonkers already. The team's going to be really good. Yeah. If this team doesn't uh... conference final at least. Honestly, <laughs> you're still no really. Oh, you're oh, creating more hatred. People. Austin Matthews had an interview that he goes, well, I can't see myself ever leaving. He said, I, I'm going to be here for a long time. I'm going, not going to the mask, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, no. Don't worry, Austin. We know what kind of pajamas you wore as a kid. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Hugged, you hugged <laughs> Willie Coyote before you went to bed. Yeah, we know where you're going there, Matthews. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'll, I'll go as far as saying this. It would still surprise me if they won the division. It would surprise you? It would surprise me because I think Tampa Bay's the better team. Russell's just, okay, Russell. Uh, he's, he's just salivating now. <laughs> you? No, I, I, I'd agree. I no! Still, he's I still not think, supposed to agree! I still think Tampa wins the division. <laughs> no wonder you weren't um, invited to the look wedding. Look at this guy! Where's the fight back? You're I, supposed to say, no, you're wrong. I, that It's just... Their defense, their depth at forward, their goaltending. Unless, unless there's injuries, I don't see how Tampa. I think Tampa's the top team in the East, number one. I think Leafs are number two in the East, but I still think because Tampa's number one, they're they're still not winning the division. But I like their chances of getting out of the first what round. What about this Washington year. and Boston? Does Washington do they suffer the the hangover of all finally getting it done? New coach. But, but you know what? I, I I don't think they I don't think they have a massive hangover, but I think they're probably eliminated by the second round. Uh, I don't think they win the. Uh, I was going to say Patrick division. <laughs> There's something that I'd like aging. to see that again. I like. <laughs> I used to like that. <laughs> it's aging me right there. I don't think they win the Metropolitan Division. Uh, I I look at the Pittsburgh Penguins on a bounce back. But going back to the Leafs for a second, it it. And I, I, I haven't talked to many Leaf fans about their team as of late. I, I got millions of Leaf friends that, that live and bleed this team. But if Morgan Riley's your number one and Ron Hainsey is part of the top pairing, I got a massive problem with that. I got a massive problem with Jake Gardner still being on this club. I got a massive problem with Nikita Zaitsev if he plays like he did last year. Travis Dermott and, and, and Connor Carrick as a, as a third pairing. I mean, oh, good God. I mean, you may score 10 goals, but you might let in 11 because that's how crappy this defense is. Morgan Riley is a three on a good team. 
a three on a good team. I think if, if there was a team out there that would have taken Jake Gardner, where you got would have got something for him, because I think the longer that he stays, yes, that you're going to see not only the value go down, but there's also the potential of that misread hockey IQ sometimes that you see, and I think that's going to hurt his value, and I don't think you can get get back what maybe you, you could have, and and I think that's a mistake. I think it's a mistake. I and they haven't made many. Nope. I look at their defense, and there is a ton of room for improvement, but they're coming off a season where only 10 teams in the league let in, uh, let in fewer goals than them, and they've improved their defense on their forward group. So I don't think they're in such a terrible position. Yes, their defense still could be improved for sure. Hopefully... Zaitsev gets back to what he was more so in the first season this season. Injuries, sickness, a bunch of that. Uh, I'm not too worried about their defense. I saw the defense that Pittsburgh won the Stanley Cup with. I saw, well, mainly just that one. Uh, Washington didn't have a great defense Ooh. outside of John Carlson. Brooks Orpik is terrible. No, Washington's defense isn't isn't historically great, but their defense is so good that they were able to get rid of a, a, a Nate Schmidt for nothing, basically. And he, and you know how good he was with the Vegas Golden Knights this year. So, no, I I I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong about what the Leafs have to offer. But I, I look at this going, you know what. Uh, Morgan Riley could only play so many minutes. Ron Hainsey started showing his age in the last uh, 30 games of the season and the playoffs. And uh, if that's one and two right now, oof. Well, I'll tell you, what is this? What's today? August the... What, 7th or 8th or something? Yeah. And we we are not far away at all. I look forward to From it. this thing coming on. And how yep. Canadian is it where the summer's not even over? And we're, we're talking about... I don't know. Matchups, line matchups, who's playing with who, who should be traded. We're looking at conference finals <laughs> already, evaluation. But I'll tell you what else is Canadian. We'll learn it. Yes. We'll learn it's Canadian. Here's a little quiz to see how you do. Funny as hell, too. That He's guy. awesome. Yeah. Like, I think everything he does. He's done some stuff that yeah. just is crazy good. <laughs> if you've never seen the weird independent movie, Let's All Go to Prison. I haven't. you got to see that. Okay. He is hysterical in that. But in this case, Will is here courtesy of Vanity Fair, property of Vanity Fair, to tell you what it's like to understand Canadian jargon. Let's see how well you do. Hi, I'm Will Arnett, and today I am teaching you Canadian slang. First, Canadian slang is hoser. It's somebody who's very Canadian. You know, heavy Canadian accent, big hockey fan, wears a toque. Kind of like a redneck. Clicks. Clicks is just short for kilometers. How far is it uh, from Winnipeg to Portage La Prairie? Oh, she's about she's about 150 clicks, bud. Or you might say, is that, is that like, close? Is that close very close. Molson muscle. Molson is a beer, and and it refers to having a beer gut. A two four. Oh man, that's a case of beer. If you come into a party in the summertime and you don't have a two four. You're not getting in, bud. Or you might come with a suitcase, which is just a 12. Giver. That means like, go get it. Like, go for it. Oh, giver. Toque. That's a wool hat with a pom-pom or not. What you might even in this country, I guess, call like a, a beanie, which I hate that word. So dumb. Just say toque. 
a Mickey. She's like a little little pocket thing of uh, Crown Royal. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. We just uh, just polished off a Mickey of Crown Royal and you know, gonna give her a dart. That's a butt. Want to go kill a dart outside or a gas bear? Because you're gasping for air. Gotch, gitch, and gotch. We talked about this. this Do you use one of those? Which would you use? Whatever one you want to use is fine. I have it. It's under. Yeah, I don't use that. Well, don't get I know your what they gotch are. in a in a bunch, eh? Hey, you left your gonch on the deck, eh? By the boat. <laughs> oh, it was a total gong show. Oh, we went yes. down there last yeah, night. For sure. We went down to uh, down to Palisades Park, eh? And it was just a gong show down there. <laughs> Meaning it was just a zoo. It was crazy. Oh, for a rip. Just going out and having a good time. Give her a rip. A kerfuffle. <laughs> Do you guys not have that word down here? Kerfuffle is like a, a mix-up, a big thing, a brouhaha, a kind of a fight. Timmy's, Tim Horton. Double-double, that's how you take your coffee. Two creams, two sugars. Timbit, it's like the little round donut hole from Timmy's. Pop, that's soda. Back bacon. It's a type of uh, pork product. Yeah. See, and that's the one I don't like. Really? No, no. Cut. Wow. It's not my favorite. See, it's Loonies like- and Toonies. Loonies are $1 uh, coins, and Toonies are the $2 um, coins. I guess there was a whole thing, like a lot of newfies uh, were losing their teeth when the Loonies first came out because they couldn't figure out how to get the chocolate out. <laughs> that's a newfie joke, eh? Chesterfield is a sofa yes. or a couch. Yeah. Muskoka chair. That's kind of like an Adirondack chair. The Peg, where both my parents are from, Winnipeg. Hey. How about that, eh? Toronto, that? 416. That came after I left. We didn't, I grew up in Toronto. We didn't call it the six. So, kind of lame. Rink rat, that's somebody who hangs out the rink a lot, you know? He's always there. He's, he's playing. He's playing shitty on his downtime. Deking. That's a move in, in hockey when you come in with your stick and you make a move. That's a deke. Goal suck. Same. Yeah. You no. Know, yeah. Just hangs out by the goal. Russell. Wants to be constantly potting, potting goals, but but doesn't want to help out on the defensive side. <laughs> Chirping, beaking. Chirping is like, you know, mouthing off. And like this is big in hockey. You know, if you're, you might get on the bench after a shift and you just start chirping at them. Don't worry about it. I'll be chirping the whole time. I hope you learned some good Canadian slang. I am Will Arnett. Feel free to go WFO. Wide fucking open, eh? (laughs) Will Arnett, uh, courtesy of uh, Vanity Fair there. Uh, Yeah, tomorrow on the show, confirmed as we speak, uh, former Ottawa Rough Rider, Jerry Oregon. Oh, Jerry Oregon. 13 season, all-time leading uh, point scorer for it. Uh, Perfect form. Perfect form, yeah. Uh, Two great cups, three great cup appearances. He he was a part of some pretty amazing teams. Uh, And uh, uh, Coach... uh, uh, George Broncato, uh, chewing the ice on the sideline. I mean, he he saw a lot of great stuff in uh, in Ottawa, and and, and also I'll go as far as it, it's it's actually back in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Ottawa's actually uh, it's they've 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 revived it. It looks really good. I've not been to the new stadium. It was the TD, TD uh, Field or whatever? That's right. TD Stadium. It's really good. Right beside where the 67s play, because uh, there's an arena football complex, and of course the Sens are on the exact opposite side of the city, yeah. not even yeah. remotely yeah. close. Makes a ton of sense. Before we go, though, I do want to get something now. This came out, uh, boy, it came out in the spring. But depending on the television that you watch, this is American. You may not have got this. This is a commercial that uh, with Phil Mickelson <laughs> from Mizzen and Maine. They make shirts 
I've never seen this ad. Maybe you have. And, and I guess when it came out, the internet blew up. But here's Phil as a shirt model. Steve Rapp sent me numerous tweets and text messages telling me how much he did not like that. And I said to him, Steve, you should do a commercial like that. Yeah. I Ex- like it. Except once Steven gets on the ground doing the worm. That's true. He's not getting up. He's not getting up. <laughs> Old <laughs> Steve Rapp. Hey, we got football picks coming up soon. Yes. Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Thanks to Johnny Gallant from Billy Talent talking about the charity show they're going to do at the Danforth Music Hall, which has been completely refurbished. Uh, I said it's been back now for five or six years, but it has a lot of history, a lot of great, great players. And supporting after the Danforth shooting, it's just kind of the right thing to do, which this band always seems to do, including Johnny Gallant, who is an all-Canadian beauty, Dave. Let's stand Tomorrow, Jerry Oregon. No, I'm not asking about his brother, Huge. What's the matter with you people? <laughs> Actually, it's a pretty good joke. Maybe I'll use it. Huh? Have a great day. See you tomorrow. Remember, subscribe to rawmikerichards.com. <laughs> <laughs>